You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about first basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And today we're talking about chapters 60 and 61. More beach. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Big spoiler. I hope everybody bought a lot of sunblock. <laughs> this is going to go on for a while. More bad beach jokes. This is what I'm bringing to the table today. <laughs> what you always bring to the table. Bad jokes. but speci- Or specifically bad beach jokes. <laughs> Oh, also, I just wanted to make a quick reminder that we are doing a mid-series special in a couple of weeks. And so uh, if you have any questions, you can send them to us. I I realized, like, maybe in the first one or the second time I mentioned this, we didn't, like... I don't remember if I actually, like, listed all the places explicitly. It was just, like, you can you can send it on stuff. But so, yeah, just <laughs> if you want to send a thing and you don't know what to do, you can go to staytogetherpodcast.com and send a little a note in the form, contact form that we have there. Or you can send an email to staytogetherpodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, send us a direct message on Twitter. Our handle is at staytogetherpod. And you can also find us on tumblr.com at staytogetherpodcast.tumblr.com. You can send, like, anonymous asks through there if you don't have a Tumblr account or whatever. Yeah, we've gotten a couple so far. But if you want to send anything, you can send it there. And we'll answer them. It'll be a good time. Yep. Yeah, so like I said, we're back at the, like, like Kayla said, we're at the beach. And today we're discussing chapters 60 and 61 at the beach. We're going to do, well, I'm not at the beach. It's October. So we're do, we'll do our summary and discussion and then spoiler discussion like we always do. So in chapter, chapter 60, we begin where we left off last time. So at the end of the last time, it was an exciting moment where uh, Yuki held Toru and kissed her on the forehead and it was a great time. So we pick off exactly where we left off last time. Yuki holds Toru's arms and he kisses her forehead and we see his narration slash... It's like one of those moments where Sakaya uses like thoughts as narration which happens a lot. It's going to happen a lot um, in these chapters. But he thinks, when my lips love when you touched her, it was a symbol of the end and a new beginning. Then we cut away to the main house, or Kagura's house. We see Rin, who Kagura calls by her full name, Isuzu, putting on shoes at the door, and Kagura says that they should go to the beach too. Everyone's there. I bet Kyokun is there, she says. Kagura, Rin says. Why don't you stop forcing yourself on him and calling it love? It's painful to watch. Kagura looks taken aback and asks why she would say something like that, and Rin is like, well, it's true, isn't it? As she leaves. <laughs> Kagura's mother comes in to ask what happened, ask about what happened, and Kagura comments that it's been a long time since they took Isuzu in, but she doesn't seem to try to belong. Kagura's mom also says, she mentions the beach house, that she heard Kagura talking about the beach house, and says that she shouldn't go. She heard that the head of the family went, and between the two of them, she worries about Kagura getting hurt after she heard about what happened to Kisa. And Kagura's like, what? Akito went? What for? And her mom's like, I don't know. I, th- I think Shigure invited him or something. Kagura looks upset and says, Shichan, Shichan, you son of a bitch, and kicks down the door. <laughs> and her mom is like, you know, it's the second time you've destroyed that door in as many months. <laughs> <laughs> we transition away to the beach house, and we see the narration, which is Yuki's dialogue from the last chapter. I won't lose. I'll keep going forward. I can go on believing. I'm sure of it. And we see what I think is Yuki pulling away from kissing after kissing Toru, and the two of them walk back to the house holding hands. Yukikun didn't say anything more, Toru thinks. We went back to the house together. Everyone else had returned and we all ate pancakes together. Everyone seemed <laughs> to be having so much fun. Even Yukikun was smiling, but I was lost to my own thoughts. Toru remembers him kissing her and crying. I listened closely to the small voice that fell in drops instead of words. A small, and her narration trails off. She's holding her head. Hattori interrupts her thoughts. So this is like the next morning, I guess. He checks to see if she has a headache and just to say hi because he, Effie, if you remember, they came with Akito last time, but Atori wasn't able to like come and say hi to Toru. He was just like stuck at the house with Akito, um, just mm-hmm. like everybody else. 
He apologizes for leaving her alone, but she assures him that Kyo is with her, and she thinks that they might be worried about leaving the two of them alone. But, she thinks, blushing and tearing up a little, I'm happy. I'm happy, she says. I, I really am very lucky, so please don't worry about me. I'm fine. And Tori smiles, and he pats her on the head and leaves, and he tells Kyo <laughs> not to leave her alone. It's very charming. Tori's very sweet in this scene. After he leaves, Tori wonders if she'll go through his whole trip without greeting Akito. She starts to get lost in her thoughts again, wondering what Akito said to Yuki the night before. And Kyo worries about her too, and he asks her about it, about how she's feeling. But she deflects his concerns by suggesting that they go and play in the sand together. <laughs> we cut away to the guest house. Yuki sits on the porch reading, and Shikori interrupts him and asks about what Akito said to him the night before. The truth. Satisfied? He says sassily, and he drops his book and then takes off. No, Shigure says, that day won't come for a long time yet. I like how everyone just has to, I guess, hang out bored while Akito hangs yeah. off of one Soma after another. <laughs> <laughs> it sure seems like that's the case. Yeah. It's super weird. Yeah, you would think that they would all be like, the first night they all came over and Akito was like, welcome everyone or whatever, and demanded all of their attention simultaneously. But now it's like, in this scene that's about to come up, Haru is like, bearing the brunt of Akito's attention. Mm-hmm. And Yuki wasn't included in that last time because they ran into each other, like, outside. So now Yuki's just sitting there, like, reading or chilling. Like, he's kind of, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. They all have to go there. It's Akito's scheme, right? It's revealed, yeah. I think, in this chapter that Akito just wants to take everybody away from Toru's attention. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter as long it's as they're like, not there. <laughs> I see Yuki, like, reading there, and it's like, it's like he's, like, waiting for his dentist appointment or something. Yeah, he looks, he does look bored. <laughs> I like how sassy he is to Shigure. Yeah. Like, that's, that's also really funny to me. It's like, wow, someone's in a good mood. Yeah. <laughs> he clearly doesn't trust Shigure now at this point, which is interesting. I was going to say, more people need to be sassy to Shigure. Yeah, he deserves that for sure. <laughs> Inside, Akito leans on Haru. So like I said just two seconds ago, Haru is the one who's bearing the brunt of Akito's attention right now. Haru says that, um, and as you described, being laid on by Akito. <laughs> mm-hmm. Haru says that he heard that Kareno is visiting as well. Even if he were here, Akito says, I wouldn't let you see him. Honda-san either, Haru asks. And Akito is like, why must you bring her up? Because Karino is a member of the Zodiac too, Haru says. Akito looks away uncomfortably and asks, do I have to let all the Junishi meet her? And Haru seems, um, Haru says that it seems unnatural for Akito not to. <laughs> unnatural, you say? <laughs> oh, Hatsaru, you say such funny things. Haru frowns and looks upset. Is there anything else, you know, unnatural that you'd like to... No. Haru says. And like it if you wouldn't laugh like that. <laughs> but Akito says, leaning on Haru's knee and looking menacing. It's funny, Hataru, just like you, the big, dumb, funny ox. Haru looks down. Oh, why so glum? Akito says, reaching up and caressing his cheek. Did I hurt your feelings? Outside at the seaside, fortunately away from <laughs> Akito. <laughs> Every time we have like a scene with Akito and we like go somewhere else, I'm always like, oh, okay. <laughs> Outside at the seaside, Toru and Kyo <laughs> make sandcastles, and Kyo critiques her saying that hers is more of a sand mountain, but then confesses that he has never made sandcastle before. That means I'm your senpai, doesn't it? Toru says excitedly, <laughs> fists clenched, and Kyo's like, senpai, you really suck at this. <laughs> Toru Mamiji cries and, like, hug tackles her and turns into a bunny, of course. I'm back. And Hiro and Kisa also have returned as well, it turns out. Toru notices y- Yuki and Haru coming back at the same time. And Yuki asks if Haru is tired after spending all day in Akito's lair. And Haru says, nah, and asks if Yuki is okay. Yuki says that all he does is make people, is cause people to worry. But I'm alright this time, he says. Are you going to leave the nest? Haru asks. And Yuki is surprised, <laughs> but laughs. I don't know if you're saying that because you understand or not. 
Haru smiles and says, yeah, I like that about you. And Yuki's like, what? <laughs> Toru welcomes him back. Yuki comments on her sand mountain as well. And he apologizes for the night before. He looks away and she looks concerned. I knew the things that I was saying must have sounded quite strange, but I just kept talking. I'm sorry. But he says, looking at her, I won't apologize for kissing you. She blushes and looks surprised as he says, but if you prefer, I don't mind if you forget it. Toru says, I couldn't possibly forget it. She says that she didn't fully understand, but she's sure what he was saying was important to him. It was small, she thinks. A voice so small that I can't hear it, no matter how hard I listen. I can't hear it, his true voice. Yuki smiles a forlorn smile and says, <laughs> Not rueful, forlorn. I decided. <laughs> There's a right time and a wrong time to tell the whole truth when you say. And he holds her cheeks and whispers in her ear, That's why, someday, okay? She remembers him saying something similar earlier on the beach trip um, when they were, he was laying on the couch and he was kind of like sick before he told her he needs to open the tightly closed lid. This is the time from like three chapters <laughs> ago, probably. He pulls away so that he's face to face with her and lowers his hands, kind of running his fingers through her hair as he removes them from her face. <laughs> For now, all I can tell you is that I'm doing well, he says, so don't worry about me. Yes, I understand, she says, blushing and freaking out, of course, at the intimate contact. <laughs> she thinks shakily, somehow it seems like he's suddenly gotten tougher. <laughs> While Omiji asks Yuki uh, to admire the sand dumpling that he made in the background. <laughs> uh, they, so they all start heading back to the house, and as Yuki passes Kyo, he grabs him by the shirt collar and says, Gyu, if you happen to see Akito, don't get stupid and lose it. And we see his Yuki's resolute face on the next page as he continues to say, I realize it must be painful to always be scorned the way you are. But I can't have you doing anything stupid to send Akito sparks flying at her. And Kyo is like, who the hell do you think you are? I'm me, Yuki says, looking down his nose at Kyo. A moment <laughs> of silence passes through the group, accompanied by the tranquil sounds of the sea at dusk. I'll kill you, Kyo shouts. <laughs> Dora thinks the small voice is still far away, but... And then we cut away, kind of like mid-sentence, to Kareno and Akito together in the darkened guest house. Say Kareno, Akito says. Would you like to go meet Toru Honda? And Kareno doesn't react. The narration, Toru's narration from before finishes. I know I'll hear his voice someday, and we see a scene of Kyo yelling at Yuki, Yuki looking like he isn't bothered at all by it, and Toru smiling, <laughs> trying to like get Kyo to calm down, and that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> 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 I also like how in all these chapters, there's like a million things happening, and like everybody has to make an appearance, so we jump from like yeah. scene to scene with like a bunch of different people. <laughs> yeah, I think this is probably the, like these chapters are probably like the most characters in one place at one time that we've had. Probably, like... Almost all of them are there, so yeah, mm -hmm. probably. Like, Kagura has stayed home, <laughs> I yeah, guess. Yeah, but we even gotta, gotta look at her. <laughs> yeah, she was briefly shown, at least. Mm -hmm. So chapter 61 opens with Rin, huffing and puffing, leaning against a wall. She looks up and sees the ocean. <laughs> so it turns out that she was going to the beach house <laughs> after all, I guess. Well, she's obviously dressed for it. <laughs> <laughs> Knee-high boots, heel, high heel boots. I mean, she's wearing like a mini skirt or whatever, like she always does. So, those boots would be so bad for walking in the sand. They'd be so bad for walking anywhere, <laughs> which is probably partly why she's like tired. But yeah. <laughs> she's like, I should have got some sneaks. Yeah, she should have worn some like rad sneakers instead of rad heels. I guess <laughs> we could have wait to the guest house where Akito and Kareno have gone mm -hmm. out for a walk. Shigure and Atori notice it and they comment on it and talk about how obvious it is that Akito has a superiority complex about Toru since he keeps taking those away from her. Is it a superiority complex or an inferiority complex? <laughs> Just out of curiosity. Mm -hmm. I guess it's the complex is more about being superior to Toru, so... Thinking thinking that he's better than Toru. But then mm -hmm. yet, 
being super envious. And I feel like I'd call <laughs> it an inferiority complex if someone was all like, oh man, I'm so much worse than these other people. So That's true. It's like, I'm so much better yeah. than her. Yeah. But also like, but clearly acting in a way like, He's afraid that yeah, anyway that Tor is going to take insecurity, over his but, but. <laughs> superiority, insecurity, yeah, an insecure superiority. I think people with superiority superiority <laughs> complexes are uh, insecure. Yeah, so. yeah, I guess it's both. <laughs> Yuki overhears them talking about it, and he takes off. We see him leaving. Outside on their walk, Akito says that Toru is a gorgon who should be isolated, exterminated. In fact, but I'm a kind person by nature. I think it might be nice to grace the Gorgon with a little enjoyment. I think I'll introduce you to her myself. So, Kurino, you're to act as a proper member of the Junishi, Akito says. I worry about you because you're inferior. After that, we'll leave the Gorgon all alone again. As long as she's here, she will always be alone. She needs to realize that she'll never beat me. She's no match for me. But she's not alone, Kurino says. Kyokun's with her, isn't he? Akito looks over his shoulder with a pointed glare and asks, Is it fun being with a monster? Then we cut away to the beach again, thankfully, away from Akito. <laughs> Toru has made a new and improved sandcastle, and Akito has found a hermit crab, like, for the sandcastle. I think he's like, it's a souvenir. He asks if she's okay not swimming, and she says it's more fun being together, and Kyo blushes. Besides, she adds, I want to make such a good castle that it shocks and amazes everyone, and he's like, that's some dream. <laughs> she asks about why he hates the water, and he says that the cat spirit probably hated it. She asks if the previous cat wore the bracelet that he does as well, and he says that he did. And she wonders what it's made of, and he says human bones, which takes her by surprise, of course. <laughs> it was a famous warrior or priest or something, he says. Apparently it happened a really long time ago. They say the red ones are colored with blood. I don't know how much of that's true, though, since the color doesn't fade, he says, looking at the bracelet. Toru's eyes are wide as he continues. Apparently it was because it was made by sacrificing the lives of others. It's supposed to be a powerful protective charm. I always thought it was strange ever since I was a little kid. And we see a memory. It looks like the time that was referenced back in chapter 52, which is when they went to visit Shisho's house. The one where Kyo was like outside and Shisho came and found him. <clears throat> Kyo says, what do they mean an existence built on others' sacrifices, on others' lives? He says to Shisho. Stealing everything, trampling on everything until there's nothing left. In the present, he thinks, even so. Toru takes his wrist in her hands and looks up at him, blushing, looking concerned, perhaps like she can tell this is something like painful that he like can't say, that he isn't expressing. He smiles a soft, smi a soft smile that's strained with a mix of relief and regret. To me, that's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Their moment is interrupted by a wave crashing over them. <laughs> that was so scary, Toru says, looking shocked and wide-eyed. Damn you, Ocean, I'm gonna kill you! You hear me? I'll teach you to mess with me, Kyo says, standing up and, like, raising his fist. Toru smiles and says, Don't be silly, Kyokun, you're no match for the ocean. And he grumps, and she laughs. He grabs her cheeks and says, Don't laugh like that. And she's like, Yes, but keeps laughing, which is the best. <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments of, like, the whole series. <laughs> I was like, Yay, yeah, it's happening! I kind of like the uh, translation from the old scanlation a little better. That you can't go against the sea, but... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I notice that we quote that all the time in our, yeah. in our between to, be, be, to, to me and you, we joke about that a lot. And I was like, oh, this isn't that translation. <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like a scanlation, I think. You can't go against mm -hmm. the sea. Over to the side of the beach, Akito stands with Kareno, observing them, laughing and like picking up the remains of the sandcastle and finding Toru's hat. Such a carefree monster, Akito says, even after killing his own mother. And Akito looks angry. We're going back. I'm hot. I don't feel well, Akito says, turning to leave. 
But I understand now. The biggest misunderstanding is that monster. Yuki, who it turns out snuck out behind them and followed them, watches in relief as Akito leaves without talking to Toru. And he notices Rin skulking around as well. Inside the beach house, Toru has taken her like post-wave crushing bath and lets Kyo know that the bath is free. He waves his leaves to take a bath and she notices his bracelet again. She thinks, I wonder how heavy a burden it must be for Kyokun to always wear that. Kyokun's voice was small. I couldn't hear it. Even so, I wonder if I should do everything in my power to hear it. She thinks of Kyo looking at her before the wave hit and Yuki whispering, someday, okay, in her ear. And then we see Rin walking through the woods as Toru's thought slash like narration continues. But even I have things that no matter what, I don't want to be heard. She hangs up the laundry to dry in the ocean breeze, looking lost in thought again. And she looks up and thinks, there really is very little I can do. A strong wind picks something off off the line, and Toru's like, oh, please come back, please don't fly away. And she, like, trails <laughs> off having and finds it. Um, she catches up with the laundry that's, like, caught on a bush. She looks over and notices a horse on the ground, and it's like, a horse? <laughs> she backs up in shock and bonks her head against a tree. She wonders if the horse is wild, but then notices clothes or, like, whatever stuff on the ground and thinks the horse must be from the Zodiac. Rin, a voice calls, and it's Yuki, who found them in the clearing. It is you, Rin. Yuki says that he noticed her and followed and introduces her to Toru. Well, at least, like, he says this is Sususoma. I don't know if it's an introduction if you don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yuki thinks that she must be sick, and Toru asks if they should call Hitori for Rin, but Rin kicks out at her, and Yuki, like, saves Toru from certain death by horse kick, <laughs> and then chastises Rin for doing that. Don't call anyone, she says, suddenly transforming back and looking at Toru with her piercing dark eyes. Of course, completely naked. So Toru is like, ah, and like hands her the like sheet or whatever it was that she went to go catch. And she goes off to get clothes for her and thinks, what a surprise. I never thought I'd get to meet another member of the Zodiac here. But it's like, it's a Soma house. Of course you're going to meet someone. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she imagines Rin and thinks, possessed by the spirit of the horse, such a beautiful, feisty young woman and such a graceful figure. Uh, I get the feeling my clothes won't fit her. She worries (laughs) while she's like grabbing stuff off the line for Rin to wear. While Toru's gone, Rin picks up her stuff, and Yuki asks why she's there. Did you come to see someone, he asks, remembering the situation between Haru and Rin. So, like, we know that Haru and Rin were dating secretly, and then Haru says that Rin dumped him. This is referring to earlier. Shut up, she says, grabbing Yuki by the collar. Where I go and what I do is my business, all right? And whatever you do, don't tell the others I was here. If you do, I'll kill you. Kill me, we both know that you don't have it in you, Yuki says as Toru returns with the clothes. You talk big, Rin says, but you're nothing more than Akito's toy. Toru looks shocked. Rin looks kind of scared, I think, actually. And Yuki frowns and looks uh, sort of quietly upset at what she said. Rin grabs the clothes out of Toru's hands and yells, I'm warning you, don't tell anyone over her shoulder as she takes off. Toru yells after her to wait, and Yuki thinks, a woman who can talk tough while completely naked. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) A mystery, I mean. (laughs) He wonders why she was here, and Toru worries that she might be sick. Yuki says that they should keep quiet about seeing her for now, and Yuki says that he wants to go after her, but he needs to go back since he snuck out. It's alright, leave Rin to me, he says. Sorry for rushing off. I'll try to come back early today. Yuki-kun, Toru says, looking down, and then she pauses and thinks, There's little that I can do, but... I'll be waiting, Toru says, looking up and smiling a warm smile. Yuki smiles too and says, Okay, wait for me, as he leaves. Now then, Toru thinks, fists up, and eyes sparkling with determination. I have to make a delicious dinner. Today was an amazing day. I ended up meeting the horse-san. Now all that's left is rooster-san. So that must mean... That must mean that Akito-san is... We cut away to the beach. Rin stands above the remains of Toru's sandcastle. Damn it, she says. And she, like, tugs at the shirt. I don't know if she, like, ripped it, but she definitely, like, puts her hands up and, like, 
tugs at the the open neck of the shirt. (laughs) She remembers Toru and Kyo together as if she saw them at the beach, and Toru's concerned face when they met. Damn, damn, damn it, she says, and kicks her boot into the sandcastle. No, sandcastle. No, well, it wasn't, it was basically a sand mountain at that point as well. Because the waves smushed it anyway. So. It's kind of awesome. I feel like she gets, she goes really, um, she looks really distressed in this scene, actually. Mm-hmm. We cut away to the guest house briefly, and Akito tells Shigeru Natori to bring Kyo tomorrow. Don't fail me, he says, and slams the door shut. Could this mean a storm is brewing? Shigeru asks Natori, and Natori's like, you really are enjoying this, aren't you? And that's the end of chapter 61. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> He does look really eager, which is funny. Shigeru. <laughs> yeah, he does. I think he's he definitely loves the drama. Yeah. I mean, I think he's clearly scheming, but also just, like, loves the drama. Yeah. I think he's having more fun than anyone right now. <laughs> definitely. I feel like if he wasn't, like, a cursed Soma, he would be, like, a writer for E! or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, for, like, Entertainment Tonight or something like that. <laughs> Akito walks away, and then he's to Atori. He's like, did you hear what Aaron Carter said? <laughs> Topical. Yeah, yeah, I went there. (laughs) Anyway, so much drama this time. And we met some... Dorama. Yeah, Dorama. Yeah, for sure. And we not met, but we like had a lot of encounters with some different characters, which was exciting. Mm -hmm. Everyone was everywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At the main house, at the beach. How did Rin get there? Did she she, like walk there? I guess so. No, there's no way. They took a car, didn't they? (laughs) Maybe she was a horse and ran there and then turned back and then turned back into a horse again when she got tired. She carefully took her pants off. I was like, why did I was thinking for like a long time, like she has her same boots, but then Toru brought her clothes. And I was like, why did she need clothes when her boots are there? Oh, she tore them. I get it. (laughs) She transformed like suddenly. Didn't the same thing happen to Haru's? um... Yeah, I was going to say most of the animals are small enough that they just like wind up swimming in their clothes but <laughs> like Haru and Rin <laughs> yeah and Hattori are large <laughs> literally swimming I mean yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh, like Haru and Rin um seem to like destroy their clothes when they mm-hmm. change so so we did meet uh Kagura's mom I believe that's her first appearance. yeah we did yeah <laughs> I don't think we ever meet anybody's parents <laughs> at yeah. least that's my like that's Not how I feel many. I was like yeah. oh it's Kagura's mom that's interesting mm-hmm. I remember that they have kind of a relationship, like a. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's yeah, like they, they seem, have a good one. Yeah, they seem to be on good terms. Mm-hmm. Even so much so that she's like, "Don't say anything to anybody, but I don't want you to spend time with Akito." Yeah, so, <laughs> that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they took in Rin apparently, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Apparently, they did. So Rin mm-hmm. lives with them, it seems. Yeah, at, at least has for a couple of months. She's yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. They're obviously aware of what happened to Rin, which we don't know the details, but she wound up in the hospital. So. Right. And they were aware of what happened to Kisa also, they heard. Yeah. We also learned more about Rin this time. Mm-hmm. We've seen her for a couple of a couple of times. Like, we saw mm-hmm. her in the hospital. Like, a, a hero came to talk to her in the hospital. Yeah. And then we saw her come to talk to Shiguri, and that was it, right? Mm-hmm. So far? Yeah. Yeah. I think this is definitely her more most prominent uh, appearance so far. And she was not yeah. happy. Yeah, I mean, among <laughs> among other things, we learned she's the horsey. She's the yeah, she's the nene. Yeah, <laughs> as my, yes, my sister would say. <laughs> Jane, I know you're out there listening. I mean, <laughs> yes, she's the horse of the zodiac. Mm-hmm. After all this time, it was finally revealed. Yep, 
She has her piercing horsey eyes. I mean. <laughs> yeah. That is kind of, actually, I didn't really think about it, but her eyes are, like, really large. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, an, it's a manga, but, I mean, even compared yeah. to, compared to, compared to the large other eyes, yes. in this uh, series, her eyes are, seem kind of particularly large and round. Yeah. Which is rather horse-like. Yeah. They have those big, um, you know, almond-shaped eyes or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, she kind of looks like a prey animal. I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. Very angry prey animal. Yeah. She's definitely angry. Yeah. I like how she, like, there's a lot of, I noticed in these chapters, there's a lot of people picking up each other by the collars, mm-hmm. including her grabbing Yuki by the collar and threatening yeah. him, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we also learned that it seems like she's still not in good health, I guess. Yeah. She's still, like. You know, assuming she didn't walk all the way, she said. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, assume... I think that would that would exhaust anyone. But I think, uh, yeah, yeah, it seems to be implied that it's still the result of whatever she was in the hospital for that's causing her to be kind of weak and tired. Yeah, it certainly seems like that. It seems like she's definitely struggling to get around. Yeah, and she got tired enough to transform become... into her animal form, so. become a horsey, as you say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the little line where. After she changes back, and Yuki wonders if she changed back through stubbornness. <laughs> <laughs> Yuki had some nice sassy comments about her. That was just yeah. one. I liked the one where he was like, she's like a woman who's able to threaten someone while naked. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> amazing or something. I forget exactly what he said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. Yeah, they have kind of an interesting dynamic in this one scene we see them. Like, they do. Like, they don't seem to, like, like each other, but seem to kind of be fam- pretty familiar with each other <laughs> it does seem like that mm-hmm. this is the first time we've seen them together so yeah and yuki does seem like somewhat concerned about her like yeah i think he's genuinely concerned about her mm-hmm. the other thing that, about rin is like she said a couple of things that were like really really cruel <laughs> and insightful yeah. mm-hmm. like she said to kagura like why do you keep why do you why don't you stop forcing yourself on kyo and then mm-hmm. calling it love or whatever and then yeah. kagura's like why would you say that like mm-hmm. And then she's like, well, it's true. And then Kagura's like, well, even if it is true, like, at the end. I don't think I said that yeah. in my summary, but mm-hmm. in the in the dialogue, she's like, well, even if it is true. And then she's like, hey, and, like, Rin just walks away mm-hmm. um, before they can finish having this argument. <laughs> so, yeah. And then she calls um, she calls Yuki Akito's toy, which mm-hmm. is also really cruel, I think, based on what we've yeah. seen so far. Yeah. We've talked about, uh, like, other characters who kind of seem to zero in on people's, like, insecurities and weak points mm-hmm. and stuff. And Yeah, like Shigure. She seems to kind of have that same talent. Yes, yeah, seems like it. <laughs> I don't know if she even knows. I mean, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it seems like for Yuki, I mean, I think she was just being mean on purpose. But yeah, for for mm-hmm. Kagura, I don't I don't know why she would say that and just like say that and leave. Like, she didn't really have mm-hmm. to say anything. So it seems yeah. kind of unmotivated. Yeah. And she seems like she even like maybe feels bad after she says it to Yuki. Because, like, we have that, like, yeah. panel of her kind of, like, looking as shocked as, like, Toru does. Yeah, her face is really interesting. Mm-hmm. She looks, she looks, I said that she looks scared. But, yeah, she does look sort of, like, taken aback by, like, what she mm-hmm. said herself, which is kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because of what she said or because, like, Toru came back and, like, heard her say it or what, but something. Yeah, she definitely. <laughs> obviously, like, has some regrets about saying that, I think. <laughs> I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she looks really so. Like in the panels before, where we see her face, she looks really angry, like she's yelling. And then in that one, her face is kind of relaxed. Like maybe it's because she can see Yuki's expression. I don't know what it is. Like it's like almost like he doesn't he's he doesn't really react to what she's saying before. Mm-hmm. And then he looks kind of he looks kind of upset. 
but he doesn't say anything. Yeah. And that's when she backs off. So it's an interesting exchange. Mm-hmm. There's a weird dynamic between the two of them, for sure. They're close, but yet Rin is, like, really trying to do something to make him, like, off, <laughs> like, not be interested in her, right? Yeah. The other interesting thing that happened with Rin is, like, we saw her at the beach at the end, thinking about thinking about Toru and Kyo. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, I noticed that that's where the black... Did we talk about the black feathers here in your feather analysis? Yeah. <laughs> I have a note that's just like, feathers. Feathers. I have a feather note, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there's some black feathers here while she's freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they start at the end of Azizu's... Uh, why did I call her Azizu? I don't um, know. At the end of Rin's <laughs> panel and going into uh, Akito's panel. When so. I make notes, sometimes I switch between their names, and I was like, why did I call her that? Oh, well. Yeah. That's fine. Same with Kazuma. I always switch between Kazuma and Shisho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny... It, this that scene is very interesting. She's super upset. Yeah, beating up sand. Sandcastle. Yeah, <laughs> she walked over there in her heels somehow, which is yeah, an effort in and of itself. And somehow not sinking into the sand. Yes, <laughs> it was an interesting moment for sure. And then it, mm-hmm. yeah, transitions into Akito also being surrounded by dark feathers. So yeah, saying to bring Kyo and not to fail him. So yeah. <laughs> Like, come the next day, don't bring Kyo. And he's like, you had one job. (laughs) (laughs) How how far away is this guest house? It's on the same property, isn't it? It probably takes him five minutes to walk there. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's everything we can say about Rin right now. But So Rin had some really interesting moments, I would say. Mm -hmm. We finally got to see more of Akito. Yeah, we do see a lot of Akito in these chapters. Uh, And with different people than we usually see Akito with. So we have some interesting... It's like, we got a big scene with him with Haru, and yeah. then him talking to Kareno. Like, we've seen him with Kareno before, but just to be like, Kareno, go away. Yeah. So. <laughs> Kareno, come here. <laughs> Kareno, go away. Like, that's basically yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess in the chapter that focused on, like, Kareno and Uo, Kareno comes back, and I guess it's like, it's not Akito sassing him, it's the maid, but the maid is like, you should go see Akito. Akito's been calling for yeah. you. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We got to see Kido with, like, most of them. Mm-hmm. Like, a bunch of them at one time. And then another time with the Yuki, which we saw before. And then again... This time, not so much with Shigure. Shigure was there, but mostly talking to Hattori. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were also just chilling somewhere in the... Being forced to yeah. stay in the house. In the guest house. While Kido smoking. yelled at Haru. And, <laughs> yeah, smoking. <laughs> Does Shigure only smoke when Hattori's there? I can't remember. <laughs> they, he actually said that if that's know. true. I think there's a scene where, I can't remember exactly, I think there's a scene where, like, Hattori's there and she goes, like, ooh, cigarette, gimme. But, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't know if that implies that he's just, like, too cheap to buy his own cigarettes. Or... <laughs> I mean, he feel like he just, like, emotionally mooches off of Hattori, so. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> anyway. I know it's a cultural thing, but it always bugs me when doctors smoke. I'm like, you know what that does. <laughs> I mean, Hattori's just like, whatever. Remember, he doesn't yeah. have a degree. We talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to, like, see a PSA one day and be like, smoking can kill you? (laughs) (laughs) What have I been doing with my life? (laughs) Yeah. I also think, like, I mean, I think, like, he kind of just, like, it doesn't... Hattori's just kind of, like, sort of given up on life. Yeah, I'm sure it's more of a, like, I want to feel slightly number than I did two seconds ago. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like. It's never really, like, he never, like, talks about it or anything, but he's really the only one who smokes, actually, out of all of them. Yeah. And Shigure does when he's, like, there with Hattori, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I, w- I would probably take up smoking if I was in Hattori's position. <laughs> he's just like, fuck. Something harder. <laughs> Shrooms. I mean... <laughs> don't do drugs and stay in school, okay? <laughs> Unless you're possessed by a vengeful spirit, 
<laughs> well, nobody can tell you what to do if you're possessed by vengeful yeah, spirit. Then, then I think it's probably okay. <laughs> uh, good times. <laughs> we made something sad into something funny. What <laughs> <laughs> we do? Yeah, we have to try. Somebody has to. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess anyway, notably. We were about... I was like, yeah, we were talking about, about Akito, Akito. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> I was gonna say notably, the person who one of the, the characters that Akito spent a lot of time with this time was Haru, which we haven't seen before, as you pointed out. Yes. <laughs> like how you said, uh, <laughs> just Akito laying on all, turkey turns laying on all the sofas or whatever, yeah. <laughs> which is, <laughs> is accurate. So like, yeah. they're just sitting in a room and Akito's just like laying on him and like berating him and being an asshole, yeah. which is and, uh, driving home the insecurities we know he has. Like, has and We know that probably Akito and other people in the family have been driving like into doing him that his whole life. Yeah. His whole life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was interesting. The way that Akito lays on Haru, though, like we, we didn't mm-hmm. really talk about it, but like, so like in the, there was a scene a couple of chapters ago at the end before summer, when they were all like summer's coming, Akito was like climbing up on Shigure in a super like sexual way. In this case, it doesn't seem like mm-hmm. that. It does seem sort of personal and invasive, almost. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, it's not not sexual. No, it's definitely not not sexual, <laughs> but I wouldn't describe it as sexual. No. It's intimate. It's, it's very it's intimate. intimate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right, but it's not the same. It's not the same as with the yeah. Seamus Trigger, I feel like. Definitely not as uh, as risque. As, uh, it's like if I had to rank scene, their but... scenes in order of risqueness, it would be that scene, then yeah. the one with Rin and Trigger, and then, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> some other scenes. But it, yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not as risque. But it's, yeah, it's low on the list, but it's still on the list. Yeah, I would say it's definitely on the list. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I think it's funny that this is what we're talking about, but yeah, it's <laughs> I would describe it it's definitely yes, yeah, there's something there's something sinister and sort of borderline sexual about it for sure. Yeah, and we had like some similar with the the scene with Hatori too in the in a yes. previous chapter here at the Kido beach grabs house. His tie several times. Yeah, yeah, and it also in just in the beach house one when they first when Hatori first arrives, Akito yes. just like puts his arms like drapes over on, on Hattori's shoulder and just kind of leaning on him and stuff it's just kind of kind of like an easy possessiveness that yeah. Akito has over all of them yeah for sure mm-hmm. like, like Atori just mine comes I can in, lean on it yeah exactly Atori comes in the room and then Akito mm-hmm. immediately is just like grabby hands like mm-hmm. come over here and then it's like get out of here Kareno yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> Karino is so isolated. I know. Karino, in these chapters, he just stands around and doesn't say anything for the most part. So yeah. Akito is like, Karino, let's go for a walk. Karino, let's go back. I'm hot and tired. Yeah. And Karino is like, whatever. I think, uh, like, looking back on, like, these chapters now, like, rereading them, I think it's a really good, it was a good move to have the Uo and Karino chapter be Karino's first, like, introduction. Because mm-hmm. I think it drives home just how different his interactions are with other people like his character is like when in that uo chapter compared to these chapters you can tell he's like just really like shut down in these chapters mm-hmm. yes i agree with you it's better mm-hmm. if you just had these you would just be like is that guy a robot yeah i don't, yeah. I don't know because you'd be like what's that guy's deal but like yeah. knowing seeing him outside of keto's influence and then it's a big difference yeah and then in these chapters and knowing that he's deliberately isolated from the rest of his family yeah and like yeah, multiple, so many of them comment on it. This is like the third time. Mm-hmm. Haru's like, so are you going to let Karino talk to us or what? Mm-hmm. And then Akito is like, 
even if he was here, I wouldn't. But it's like, yeah. well, he's clearly here. So. And also, um, he t- Haru asks, if, what about Toru? And Akito's like, no, never. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Not even with an excuse this time. Like, oh, he doesn't need to, like, talk to you mm-hmm. <laughs> last time. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting, too, because you're talking about like, Akito's a superiority, inferiority complex. <laughs> yeah. Because um, obviously, the, just the couple of comments from Haru about, like, it seems weird that you're not letting him see her. Yeah. was enough to make him go, like, hey, Karano, you want to meet Toru? <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, I'll show you. As if it, yeah, like, I'm fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> he says a lot of, Akito says a lot of interesting things to Karano. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, Karano literally only says one thing. He's Yeah, he says, Kyo, well, Kyo is with Toru, right? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the only thing that he says. Yeah. It's interesting that Akito basically treats Kyo as, like, a non-entity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the, the like, expression, like, Akito makes after mm-hmm. Karino says that. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, like he looks, like, surprised, like, that that even came up. Like, is it fun being with a monster? Like, yeah. Like, it didn't even occur to him that Kyo would be, like, company to yeah. someone. Basically. Like, he already thinks that Toru's alone. Yeah. It's interesting. We know that Kyo, at this point, we know that Kyo's going to be isolated after he graduates mm-hmm. from high school, as the, all the previous cats were isolated. But yet, there's another person who's even more isolated, like someone who isn't even allowed to know the rest of the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. And that person is Karina. So, like, what is the deal with that? It's very yeah. interesting to me. Someone who Akito purposefully keeps from everybody else. I guess it's interesting. It's, maybe it's related to that. Like, Akito just thinks that Kyo is, like, a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Like, that Akito thinks that nobody's interested in be- being close to Kyo. Yeah, but then I think up reason. till this point, but then... <laughs> yeah, that might change. Yeah, obviously seeing... Yeah, he sees them together. Yeah, they actually walk to the yeah. beach. Yeah, I seem to check that. But yeah, yeah, obviously seeing them together obviously triggers something there, because by the end of the chapter, it's like, I'm going to talk to Kyo. So. <laughs> Bring Kyo here. We have to get him away yeah. from her. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. More so because he wants Toru to be alone, not because he wants to see Kyo, which is kind mm-hmm. of also kind of interesting, Yeah, it seems at least. Um, And I guess we also saw... Yuki, so, like, when they leave, Yuki asks Haru about... There's an interesting scene, little scene between Yuki and Haru, I thought. Mm-hmm. So it's actually, it's after they come back. After, Yuki is like, are you, you must be tired after, like, being with Akito all day. And then Haru asks if Yuki's okay, and he says, I'm fine. And then Haru's like, are you planning to leave the nest? And Yuki's like, I don't even know if you understand. And then Haru's like, mm-hmm. I like that about you. Which is <laughs> an interesting thing to say. I wonder what mm-hmm. he means. I wonder if it's related to, like, Akito being such an asshole to him before. Like, if he had mm-hmm. said that to Akito, Akito would have just been like, ah, oh, you're so dumb. But Yuki is like, I don't know if you, I don't know, it seems like you understand, but I don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm choosing to interpret that in a positive way. Because <laughs> yeah. Haru looks really relaxed. He's like, oh, I like that about, that you understand me. Mm-hmm. But Akito doesn't, I guess. Yeah, I do think there's kind of, it's. I do think it's meant to contrast the scene with Akito, because, like, because we have, like, Akito laughing in that scene and Haru, like, mm-hmm. telling him to stop. and But in the scene, like, Yuki's laughing and it's obviously a happy scene. <laughs> in, like, both in response to something Haru said. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yuki acts more like it's entertaining or, like, enlightening and not dumb what Haru thinks. Mm-hmm. So, what yeah. Haru says. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see somebody... Um, we talk a lot about the ways that, like, for example, somebody like Toru has a positive impact on the characters in this series. So it's kind of nice to see, like other people other characters kind of starting to help each other out i think it's Mm -hmm. part of the change that's going on right especially between yuki and haru because they all have this kind of conversation often and yuki's always like i can't do anything like i don't know it seems like just him being around haru made haru feel better 
in the scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though Yuki's like, I'm a terrible guy. I don't have anything to offer or whatever. I can't remember yeah. exactly what he says, but mm-hmm. he's like, all I do is make people worried. That's what it was. Yeah. And it just seemed like, like they've always been close, but it seemed like slightly more, not one-sided, but more obvious on like Haru's side. Mm-hmm. But it seems like Yuki's more becoming more open with his, I don't know, affections, I yes. guess. <laughs> yeah. His feels. <laughs> Yeah, feelings of friendship. Yeah, I think so with he's everybody, like, he's he's yeah. being more open, especially with Haru. But even with like Rin, I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what I meant to say before when we were talking about Rin. Is like Yuki, Yuki's openly concerned about her, right? And he tries to like yeah. get her to talk to them, and she's like, "No, fuck you." <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah, I said I think I said it in a spoiler comment, but like the beach art kind of we start to see a more proactive Yuki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, I think we're seeing yeah, it. I think we're seeing this and just him like he's being more like actually like talking to people, asking them questions and mm-hmm. being more open with his own thoughts and feelings. Yeah, he he sat sugar also. And he yeah. also like <laughs> followed he was worried about Akito going to find Toru. Mm-hmm. So he followed them, which was also really interesting. I don't think he would have done that in like, you know, a couple chapters ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also the scene with uh, Kyo, which is really interesting, mm-hmm. where he like he warns him like not to basically get on Akito's bad side because it'll yes. end badly for Toru. But he's also like kind of acknowledges like Kyo's situation too. Mm-hmm. Be like, I realize like it's painful to be in your situation, but you need to not let that yeah <laughs> control your emotions here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. a good scene too. Yuki has some good yeah. moments. Mm-hmm. And then he sasses Kyo, too, with the I'm me thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then Kyo is like, yeah. fuck you. Damn you, damn rat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And then Kyo he just like, doesn't even react himself. to... Yeah. yeah. And then like doesn't even react to Kyo being Kyo in that scene, which yeah. also shows some character development on Yuki's end. <laughs> I think so. He didn't react to Kyo. He didn't react to Rin. Mm-hmm. Yuki's not letting those things get to him as much. Mm-hmm. Even, like, the way that he reacted, reacted to, like, Kakeru in that one chapter that we read earlier. Yeah. Like, it seems like he's really, like, I'm not going to let these things, like, rile me up or whatever. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah. We're, see- we're seeing the new Yuki. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, I was going to make a bad joke. <laughs> we're seeing his summer glow up. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a bad joke. It was a great joke. <laughs> it was a good joke, and you should say it with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little Toru arc in this chap- these chapters as well. We have her... Well, she's worrying about Yuki. So all the stuff that happened from before. And, like, what mm. worrying about what's going on and what Akito said to him and whatever. Um, and then she has this conversation with Kyo. And she worries about Kyo, like, during that conversation. Yeah. And the thing that she says later is, like, their, their voices were small and I couldn't hear them. And then she says things like... She thinks, even I have things that no matter what, I don't want to be heard. Which I thought was a really yeah. interesting line. Yeah. I think it's building on kind of like the darker feelings that she's having after the stuff the hero started a couple of chapters ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe something else. It's it's kind of vague, but it's all. I feel like it's all kind of related. As all these things are are they're all all three of the main trio are having these like different kind of emotional battles right now, and yeah. none of them want to tell any of the others about it, which is kind of interesting. Even Toru. Yeah. So now we're learning more and more about. Also, again, learning more and more about. <laughs> the inner, like, darker motivations or thoughts that Toru has, too. Yeah. But yeah, we're getting a lot of, like, kind of glimpses at Toru's issues in these chapters, which we haven't seen too much of before. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of interesting. Not a lot of detail, but 
just that line that like there's things I don't want to be heard yeah. obviously says a lot. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. It was kind of interesting also. Kyo asks her kind of like what's well Hattori asks what's bothering her and she's like I'm fine everything's fine and he like I guess believes her or is satisfied with that answer because he like pats her mm-hmm. head and walks away and then Kyo also asks her what's wrong and she's like let's go play in the sand and he's like like I'm asking you yeah. what's wrong like mm-hmm. she doesn't want to talk about it um, yeah yeah deflecting yeah I think she successfully deflected it yeah to making sandcastles mm-hmm. which is a good deflection to be fair <laughs> I mean I think it worked out. I'd be distracted by that, too. Like, okay. It's like, you want to make sandcastles? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Sorry, what were we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Were we talking about your feelings? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) They have to go have their moment Mm -hmm. where they get almost crushed by a wave. (laughs) Yeah. How they bond. I think it's funny how, like, they have, like, two, like, moments on the beach and they both get, like, interrupted by, like, something crashing down the first time it's Momiji. Momiji. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) I like how it's, like, two days of them outside, successively outside the sand, too. It was really funny. Yeah. Like, they're back there doing it again. Yeah. And, like, it's better the second time, like, a sandcastle. <laughs> I like how she's like, I want to make a sandcastle that nobody can, like, say is not a sandcastle. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I like how Yuki also calls it a sand mountain, which is really funny. Yeah. Like, Yuki and Kyo, you're more similar than even you'd realize. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. That's like how... I made a comment that, like, Momiji's transformation is the one we see most often. Because he has, like, no qualms about just, like, throwing himself at Toru and trans- changing into a rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like the others are more self-conscious about, like, the transformations but yeah he's just happy he has someone he can hug yeah it seems like <laughs> yeah i'm sure kyo and yuki aren't aren't big huggers yeah <laughs> or like hattori or somebody that he has a closer yeah. relationship with mm-hmm. <laughs> so like you can see like like toru's hat and like momiji's clothes just like on the ground next to them after the, after the impact yes <laughs> Toru's hat gets knocked off a couple of times. It gets yeah. knocked off in that scene by, like, the wind where she grabs yeah. his hand and then the water. Then by the water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have one other thing to say in my nose. I feel like we're seeing... Uh, so we know that Akito is known to abuse people, right? Like, we've seen it with Yuki. We know mm-hmm. for sure. Um, And we know that Akito did something to Kisa that put her in the hospital. Or Akito hit Kisa and that put her in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But then we, I feel like we actually finally saw Akito being not just physically abusive. Oh, and of course with Tori. That's the one that we saw before. That's like the big one. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we actually saw Akito being verbally abusive this time as well. So especially mm-hmm. with Haru, but also I think with Karino. Yeah. And it's kind of a, like we've seen Akito screaming at people before, but this is kind of a, the like insidious, quiet kind of emotional abuse. Yeah. Like just like, like, oh, you're so funny and dumb to Haru, which is, and then telling Karino he's, like, inferior and stuff. Exactly. Is, yeah, just something Akita does a lot, which is, like, the contrast of, like, I'm going to list all these insults and then say, like, oh, but I love you so much, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it's a classic, like. Yeah. Uh, gaslighting. Yeah, I feel like it's almost a form of gaslighting. I feel it like it keep, is. Keep saying things that. Aren't just, like, not true. Like, aren't true as if, as if they were true over and over again until they believe it. That's what I, yeah. But, mm-hmm. It feels it's not like that. It's not exactly right, but. When I think of gaslighting, I think of when people are just like, you say something and they're just like, no, that's not how it is. But it's... Yeah. I do think it is... It feels kind of like gaslighting to me. I mean, it's just extreme, mm-hmm. like, negative. Yeah. I think just the way he says it as if it's just a, a common fact. known fact is kind of what makes it feel more gaslighting. Yeah. I agree with you. Because he's not just going like, you're a stupid idiot, like an insult. He's going like, oh, Haru, you're always so dumb. Yeah. Exactly. Like, as if it's the norm. It's just how you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, Karino, like, I don't want you to spend time with these people because you're inferior and so blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, it's just like, <laughs> as if it's a fact. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a nice person, so I think we should go over and, like, talk to Toru, who's the Gorgon and should be isolated. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, yeah, so we finally, I feel like we're seeing not just the physical things, but also the ways that Akito verbally and emotionally abuses everyone in the Zodiac, too. We saw a couple of those yeah. examples of that this time mm-hmm. in these chapters. Yeah, and I think we're seeing that it's it's broad and far-reaching. Like, we've seen some yeah. of the, like, like, some of them obviously have worse experience with Akito, like Yugi, mm-hmm. but it's obviously every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about the uh, whole stuff with Akito's beads? Akito's beads. beads. <laughs> sorry, we are talking about Akito. Sorry. Yeah. With Kyo's beads. Yes, let's talk about that. <laughs> it's like things we learned about the curse. It's been a while since we've had one of those. That's true. <laughs> I also forgot to keep that word. Keep track of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's a new thing we learned about the curse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're made of uh, human bones and blood. Yeah, so, so, that's, so that's, turns that's, out. that's fun. <laughs> it's a powerful protection charm. Mm-hmm. It's so like he has this whole. There's a couple of things that he says where he says that it's made by the. I guess it's like the sacrifice of of people of other others is what keeps him, um, which what I guess protects him from turning into mm-hmm. a monster. Is kind of how it's phrased. Yeah, protects him from transforming, and all the other cats have worn it. Yeah, he says the color never fades. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's supposedly made out of blood, but seems like there's some like magic or something that keeps it from from fading or whatever yeah there's that flashback that he has of himself it's the same one that we saw i think with from cosmo's perspective mm-hmm. he so he has this flashback of him outside looking dirty and being barefoot what he says in the flashback is what on earth do they mean in existence builds on other sacrifices on others lives stealing everything trampling on everything until there's nothing left and then it cuts to the like the future. So this very brief scene of this like, yeah. flashback where he's talking to Cosmo. Yeah. And like he seems pretty calm when he's talking about it, but then uh, you know we have Toru wondering about it, like being a burden mm-hmm. about the. Well, I think Toru's reaction to the it. The idea of like the sacrifice of others. Yeah. Tor- like you, I feel like what Toru's reaction to it is what makes it seem like it's very painful for him. So he talks about it really yeah. calmly, but then she mm-hmm. reacts in this in a big way to it and then he kind of yeah smiles like she she know like he knows that she knows that it's a a painful for him to talk about yeah and that's like what he what she thinks of when she says like he spoke in a quiet voice or whatever i couldn't hear it Mm -hmm. so it's it's obviously something painful for him yeah yeah that his his ability to like not be in that form relies on the sacrifices of others i guess Mm -hmm. i do think it's interesting that the whole conversation about the sacrifices of others and for his existence and everything basically is like directly leads into Akito saying that he killed his mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that they're closely connected in this chapter. Yeah. That's another thing. Akito just says as fact, just like calling him a monster, a monster. and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. But yeah. Akito just constantly refers to him as a monster and rarely refers to him by name. I think that, yeah, I think that Akito said go and get bring Kyo tomorrow or whatever, but that was like one of the only times. Yeah. I think that's the only time he, in this chapter, that he said Kyo's name. Mm-hmm. I do feel like there's a lot of things that are just like set up, but not wrapped up in this. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. little suspended little arcs that are going on. So we know next time, yeah. I guess Kyo's going to get summoned to the beach house mm-hmm. or to the, not the beach house, but the guest house. Yeah, There's a lot of like just sort of intriguing lines and scenes and moments mm-hmm. that are just kind of left to hang there for the moment. Yeah. Same with like Rin freaking out. Like what's Yeah. Like deal? Rin freaking out and, some of the things Akito says, like all the stuff that Yuki says, mm-hmm. <laughs> still, still, it's been like six chapters, and it's still like 
yeah. I'll tell you someday. I promise. <laughs> I'm gonna mm-hmm. whisper it in your ear. Yeah. Yeah, and like Toru's thing about having things she doesn't want heard. Yeah. Yeah. This time in these chapters, the metaphor is like a small voice instead of the tightly closed lid. Yeah. I wonder if that's like <laughs> changing overall. It's like their feelings were completely covered up, and now they're like <laughs> they're they're expressing them a little bit, but not enough that she can understand or whatever. <laughs> Plot-wise, there are a lot of things ongoing. Yeah, because we're still at the beach. Yeah, beach. <laughs> Do you feel like there are any overarching like themes or anything in these chapters? Um, and I think this whole small voice thing was definitely a theme in that first chapter. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it carries over to the second, but I, I made note of that because it was like a thing that carried through that whole chapter. Mm-hmm. Or the second chapter, I don't know, whichever one yeah, whatever. it was in. <laughs> whatever one it's in. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the... I think it starts. I think it's it is in, in both chapters. It's in both, yeah. Yeah, it starts because Yuki, like the end of it, is her talking about like Yuki's like small voice. Yeah, the wave thing didn't happen until the wave thing didn't happen until the second chapter, and that's yeah. after after that mm-hmm. Toru says it. So yeah, so that's that's kind of a, I think that's kind of the overarching like narrative. Like we talk about, uh, we've talked about the chapters kind of being framed with a narrative voice mm-hmm. before, yeah. and I think that kind of it doesn't quite frame it, but I think that kind of it kind of carries through these two chapters. It does. Well, I mean Yuki's. Uh, like the beginning of the first chapter is Toru. I mean, it's it it technically opens with like, um, the conversation between Rin and Kagura, but kind of like narratively, mm-hmm. the thing yeah. that happens first is Toru's narration about the end of that day where she's still thinking about what happened mm-hmm. after, and it starts with yeah. her saying like the end of that scene is her saying like a small a small voice instead of words or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it does it is kind of framed by that. Yeah, I can't remember when she kind of like ends that. Let me see what happens at the end. I think it sort of ends with the um, after the Rin scene ends because she has the like, she kind of falls into that narrative with talking about how there's like little she can do, and then like she starts to like say something to Yuki, and then things like there's little I can do, but and then just kind of calmly says I'll be waiting. Yeah, you're right. Rin, so, yeah, Rin being kind there of kind of does... interrupts interrupts it, but yeah, it's uh... yeah, yeah. So it doesn't frame it as strictly as we've seen in the past where it'll like end. <laughs> end and begin with narration but it's definitely kind of kind of begins kind of ends and has a couple of things in the middle so i think there's just so many like parts that some of these like the threads in this are are getting mm-hmm. quite complicated yeah they're not uh, it's not really like beginning of the chapter end of the chapter next story yeah. kind of thing as much anymore so no but i do think there's i think you're right that that is that that little like uh storytelling element that theme runs through this mm-hmm. yeah something that i don't want people to know and i think that it's true with rin too because rin is like don't tell people that i was here mm-hmm. and even like kagura's mom is like just stays between me and you but don't go to the main house yeah or don't go visit akito and then i, I feel i don't know there's like a little a bunch of little dialogue kind of like pieces and things that happen that are similar to that or like that relate to that sort of overall theme secrets <laughs> mm-hmm. things that i don't want other people to know about me uh, I can't remember if I talked about this a long time ago in the very first episode or not, or if it was in the spoilers. For sure I would have talked about it in the spoilers, but I think that like Akito and Toru are foils for each other. And I think we're starting to see that especially here because Akito keeps pulling them away. And you can see like the way that Akito treats the Zodiac versus the way that Toru treats them. And I think there's a mm-hmm. very strong contrast there. And we can kind of yeah. see that. In not even so much in this chapter, but the last episode that we read, or we where we talked about the two chapters we read last, mm-hmm. um, or maybe before, where like for example, Miji's like, yeah, but I do want to go back to the to the beach house soon, 
right? Yeah. <laughs> Where they're all like, I want to go back. And Toru is like, in this chapter, she's like, everybody was so happy to come back, but I was lost in my thoughts. It's like, they're happy because they're not mm-hmm. stuck with the Kido anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like we're starting to see that here. Yeah. Not stuck in Akito's dentist waiting room anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the dentist waiting room of hell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all that we can say for now. That's not spoilery. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I think oh. I think that's all I have. Okay, cool. Let's talk about spoilers then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I thank you as always for listening. I'm looking forward to doing this like special. I've been thinking about things to talk about in the special today, earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you all for listening, for always supporting us. As always, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye! Uh, Anyway. Hey, hi. We're back to talk about spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) We're here to spoil you. We're here to spoil you with information about Fruits Basket. What I had was Kagura and her parents, because mm-hmm. I don't think we've gotten, like, the full bit of Kagura's backstory, but I think it, pretty sure in later chapters it's implied that, like, they used to have, like, a not-so-great relationship. Yeah, I think that that's what's implied. Mm-hmm. It's never, we don't, I don't think we see it. Yeah, but I think, like, when she has the, the flashback to her and Kyo as kids, mm-hmm. she says, like, part of the reason she became friends with Kyo is because she was like, well, at least it's... Not not as bad as him. Yes. And, like thinking about like feeling guilty about like her parents fighting and not getting along and everything. Yeah. Because of like the stress of having a zodiac child. Yeah. I think it's also partly said in contrast to talking about Rin's parents. Mm-hmm. I think that's all at the same time, but I don't know. Yeah, because I think I think when we get Rin's flashback, they also talk about how like she sees like Kagura's parents like now that they like they argue and stuff, but they are obviously like still love each other as contrasted to Rin's whole situation. Yeah, or they're just like they were just pretending the whole time essentially. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. And I think they say that like Rin's like not Rin, uh Kagura's like whole boar related temper thing was what they put her in martial arts to deal with that. Mhm. Yeah, I think we'll see. But it's nice to see them. It's nice <laughs> to see a parent who's like I'm worried about you. Spend yeah. keto. Please don't go to keto. Yeah. Ugh. I like that we see like like, we got the, like, awful, awful parents, and we got the, like, really, really good parents, like, uh, Hero's parents, mm-hmm. Hero's mother. Um, but it's nice to see we have a lot of, like, in-between kind of normal human yeah. emotion range parents. Yeah. Like, obviously, that would be a really stressful situation Yes, <laughs> to have a, you know, child who's possessed by a vengeful spirit. Yes. <laughs> and so, like, you know, we have, like, you know, Sokagra's parents who, like, had their issues early on, but now are on fairly good really good place and like Kisa's mom yes who had you know reached her wits end but still loved her and just needed a break yes <laughs> and stuff so yeah it's nice to see some other types of relationships mm-hmm. we don't even have the like when you were like a normal family relationship I was like oh like you know the hostess from the hot spring I mean <laughs> yeah um, but yeah someone who someone who just like has a sort of standard relationship and also is like oh you broke that door again or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah so much so that they're really, like, they're worrying about Rin, not necessarily Kagura, which is kind of interesting, too. Yeah. It seems like they've dealt with their own problems enough that they can kind of yeah, be concerned about Rin, too. willing to, you know, take in Rin and try to help with all her <laughs> baggage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know if that's <laughs> going to be success or not, but... <laughs> no, but good on them for trying. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, it's also, yeah, it's really nice for them to 
take in Rin because yeah, because her life is fucked up after yeah. after that time after her parents. But th- I mean, it, there's so long in between then and now in the story. Like mm-hmm. they just they just took her in for a couple of months, but like, what was she doing in between? Because that that mm-hmm. reveal happens when she was like a little kid. That she's like like I don't know, I want to say like seven or something like that. Yeah. But I think um, wasn't she still like she was still like in their custody for a long time? Yeah, until one time she was sick, and I think Hattori was there in the hospital, and then her mom comes in, and and they're like, whatever, I don't care if you get better or not or whatever. It was yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she was older then, so yeah. That's when Haru I can't remember there. exactly how old she was, but yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure exactly what the timeline was in between, but we will. S- mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we'll see it. So yeah, <laughs> we'll find out later. <laughs> yeah, but just in general, it's nice to see like, you know, family acting like family and, mm-hmm. and take in even more distant members that are having a rough time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's nice to see some nice. <laughs> it's nice when we see <laughs> nice people in the family. We yeah. so often don't. I see what you're yeah. saying. I understand you. <laughs> Especially with Rin, because you know. Yeah. Uh, the next one I had was uh, Akito basically talking about how Karina's curse is broken. Yes. <laughs> I like how Akito is like, oh, you have to pretend to be like a normal Zodiac or pretend to, or yeah. be, you have to like act like a. Yeah, it's like act as a proper member of Junishi the Junishi or something. I believe is what he says. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck does that mean the first time? Yeah. And he's like, I know you're inferior. But... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely... I don't think I even paid that much attention to it the first time, but like reading it now, you're like, oh, that's really obvious foreshadowing yeah. if you know what's coming. It's yeah. also couched in Akito being terrible to a bunch of other people. And so yeah. it's it just seems like, oh, that's what Akito says to Kureno to be mean, but really it's referring yeah. to his curse being broken, which is interesting. Yeah, and we also get some fun like misleads with uh, Toru wondering if Akito's the rooster yeah. since she's met all the other Junichi now. I've met Horsan. So Rooster Sun mm-hmm. must be. Yeah. It's like nope. And then it leads yep. you to wonder what's and she's, Karino's and she, deal. So. Yeah, and like she's never seen Karino, so right. she wouldn't have any reason to go. There's another Zodiac member, mm-hmm. yeah, as far as another knows. person closely tied with the Zomas. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, that's true. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything else to say about Karino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He really doesn't say very much. It's a little weird. Yeah, he's just really shut down when he's mm-hmm. around Akito. <laughs> I mean, he was barely not shut down when he was with. Uo, so mm-hmm. yeah, like he literally. I think that line, that like, Tori's not alone. She's hanging out with Kyo. Is like the only thing he says. I think that's literally like the, the only thing he said. These two chapters since being at the beach. Maybe, yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> Yuki like saw him and he kind of just like walked away. Like he didn't even say anything to Yuki, right? Yeah, like he just goes and like I think tells Akito that Yuki's there, but we don't get a word bubble from him or anything. He just no Akito. So I think those are the only like him. actual words we hear from him. That was kind of interesting. It's an interesting thing for him to point out, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, Karino, it's all your fault that Kyo's going to get taken away. Yeah. <laughs> but I like he's like, no, like, you're wrong. Kyo is there. And, and Kido's like, what? No. Mm. <laughs> Kyo's not a person. They, they yeah, can't be entertaining basically. at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, and the other thing I had is, like, that brief, like, flashback of Kyo's we get, we get... We're going to get more of that in, like, the next chapter. So. Yeah, it was hard for us. We just, because we just read the next yeah. one. I was like, oh, wait, does that happen? Oh, no, just kidding. That's next time. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, next time is, like, basically all about Kyo. Mm-hmm. We had the last, not these two chapters, but the two before were about, kind of about Yuki. Mm-hmm. And then there was these two, which is the aftermath of all the Yuki, main focus of Yuki's stuff. And then now we're getting some stuff about yeah. Kyo. And I think we're going to get stuff about Toru. I was just wondering mm-hmm. to myself before we started recording this if this is I was like 
wow, this seems like where Kyo, the next chapter is Kyo saying that he loves Toru. And I was like, wow, that mm-hmm. seems like a really big climax to the beach arc. But then I was like, but Yuki said that too. So that was kind of a big climax to the beach arc. I think there's like three or four <laughs> mm-hmm. like big moments in this arc, of course. So Yeah. I think if I had to pick one, the God reveal is probably the <laughs> probably. biggest. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's a like, yeah, like every like pair of chapters we've read have had a pretty <laughs> some big significant significant thing. thing. Especially yeah, Tori even, and Mariko getting this together. One. I mean, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Because um, even this one has, like, Rin is the horse. Right. <laughs> so Kido must be the rooster. I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's good logic if you're Toru. Yes. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the end of the volume is the fireworks scene. So. Yeah. And then we go back home, I think. <laughs> yeah, we do. We go back to school. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, like, two and a half ch- volumes of beach. Yeah, it's like a three-volume <laughs> art. <laughs> 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 okay so many things happened i was like ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, this ooh, so exciting yeah ooh, no. yeah it doesn't really feel like slow while you're reading it it's just like you're like wow we're in the beach a lot i was like this summer is gonna last forever <laughs> yeah it's summer guys summer the whole next season of the anime is just gonna be the beach arc <laughs> yeah every every episode is gonna be like guys it's summer i have a feeling something big is gonna happen next time <laughs> anyway yes that was exciting <laughs> it's an exciting reveal did you have one more uh, I, I mean, I haven't know this is feathers, but it's not really anything I want to talk about. It's just like more feathers, feathers. from the feather theory. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I think because Rin is all really agitated, and so is Akito. So, mm-hmm. yes, I think it's their descent into darkness. Actually, we do need to talk about that scene with Rin. Yeah, it's at, so at the end, at the end of these chapters that we've read, Rin goes to the sun, goes to the sand, goes to the sun, goes to the beach. Just <laughs> <laughs> flies into the sun. She's like. <laughs> becomes like the prince of the cosmos she's like i'm out (laughs) (laughs) yeah bye (laughs) i don't want to live on this planet anymore (laughs) fair enough (laughs) (laughs) so she goes to the beach and she sees the remnants of the sand castle and then she's like damn it and then crushes them crushes it with her foot but also she remembers um Toru and Kyo in the sand. So she was like creeping them, mm-hmm. first of all, which I think is interesting. And then she remembers Toru's face looking kind of concerned. She also like tugs at Toru's the shirt that she borrowed from Toru. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if this sound effect is like tearing it or uh, something else. I put it in here before. What was it? Mm-hmm. The shock. So maybe it's just, it says um, uh, being strained or the after effects of absorbing an intense force or power, like from an intense emotion. So i don't know so maybe that but it doesn't seem like that there was also some other sound effects that were close to could it that were like a rip, a rip sound too. could it be like like physical straining because that could be like could just kind of like pulling it's up just like the uh tremble. Like, the, like the stitches are straining but haven't quite but not quite ripping maybe it's like a yeah you know like when you kind of yeah like, like pull a... really hard at fabric it kind of makes that sound <laughs> i could see that being that sound even if it's not yeah. anyway yeah it's fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she, she tugs the shirt, and then we see the feathers, and we transition to Akito. That's mm-hmm. what happens. This is the scene that we're talking about. So everyone's clear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's just an interesting reaction right now. But uh... It is interesting. I don't understand. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what she's frustrated about. Mm-hmm. But I think what it is, actually, is that she saw, especially because of the tugging the shirt and remembering Toru's face... Mm-hmm. She, because doesn't she later yeah. say she didn't want to meet Toru because she was she knew that she would mm-hmm. be vulnerable? Yeah, because around her. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it's her starting to like, like rebelling against 
being cared about. Yes. Like, especially with the, like, tugging at the clothes, which are, that Toru got for her. Yeah. And her concern. because yeah, she has, like, a whole thing. Yeah. Because, yeah, she has a whole thing later on with Toru where she's, like, kind of resisting. Because mm-hmm. she talks about, it, like, people like Toru, like, and have Haru. people who just try to cling to them and stuff, and she doesn't want to do that, but then she, like, gives in and says, like, I'm going to cling to you or whatever. But uh, Yes. And so then they sweet. all ball their eyes out, and it's a great, yeah. another great scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's one that I like. But, but yeah, I think she, I think overall, Rin has a thing about, like, trying to not have people care about her so they don't get hurt. Yeah. Like, that's why she dumped Haru. Yes. It's kind of like Kyo, actually, in his, like, mm-hmm. I don't want people to, I don't want people to say, I guess, like, bad, say bad things about so, someone because of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they care, they have a close relationship with me. But yeah, for Rin, it's like, yeah, I don't want someone to care about me. Yeah, so I think this is her, like, kind of being like, oh no, like, like she can see how this is gonna go <laughs> if she, if she like, gets close to Toru, if she gets close to Toru. So it's just kind of her, like, being frustrated and like rebelling against that feeling. Mm-hmm. And just let it go, Rin. You have to mm-hmm. accept it, accept her love. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's funny, especially because of the clothes. I was like, oh, when she tucks mm-hmm. the shirt, it's like something. Something that Toru gave her to, she mm-hmm. was Rin was vulnerable and Toru protected her when she was vulnerable, yeah. and mm-hmm. cared yeah. for her even in the like two yeah. seconds that they met. Yeah, and Rin's like, "Fuck this! <laughs> I don't want this." Yeah, and I think she does say later on that like as soon like immediately on meeting Toru, she kind of felt yeah. like she wanted to like cry on her shoulder yeah. basically. I think so. she does say that directly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, she's the kind of person that you'll just, like, fall into her arms and sob. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. <laughs> Something like <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Something even more dramatic than what you said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought that was a really interesting scene. I, I said earlier that I I forgot that it happened. Like, I forgot that it's something that she does. Mm-hmm. I remember that she was sneaking around. We talked about her, Yuki seeing her, I remember, a long time ago. Yeah. And also the, like, it's the sandcastle. She kissed on the sandcastle. Is there something symbolic about that? Yeah. I don't know. It's not something I that... Uh... I think it's just pettiness. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. It was the closest place she could get to without, like, fainting again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking, have you seen, you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. The bit when, I can't remember what was going on, but, like, Rocket gets frustrated and starts, like, kicking the, like, plant that's coming out of the ground, and he's like, you're making me beat up grass! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was just immediately thinking of that when I saw this. Time. <laughs> like you're making me beat up the sand. sand. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think it is. I think it's just a symbol of Toru's Toruness, and so she's frustrated and. To <laughs> I like how she knows that after meeting her for her two seconds. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It is a symbol of Toru's Toruness, where she's like, "I'm gonna make the best sandcastle ever, and I'm gonna hang out with Kyo yeah. while doing it. I'm having so much fun." Yeah. Tor- uh, yeah whatever. And Kyo is like, "You're making a terrible sandcastle," and she's like, "I don't care." Like- yeah. But yeah, I do appreciate how Rin like basically like has like love at first sight with Toru and gets really angry about it. <laughs> I think that would be a good ship, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she just she has this like really, yeah. She can tell that she's someone that they're, they're going to be close, but she doesn't want it. She's trying so hard to avoid it, which I think is really funny. Mm-hmm. I did want to say yeah. something about the wave, other than that I think that it's hilarious, and it's, it's definitely <laughs> one of my favorite moments of Fruba, but we so we talked a long time ago about other imagery for change, and I think waves are also a really powerful imagery of change. Mm-hmm. You know, they literally, like, physically change the shore. 
I mean, it knocks yeah. down the castle, and now then Rin comes to destroy it. Yeah, I was going to say, we have the classic of, a, of the wave, <laughs> like, eroding the sandcastle, sand which is... wash away. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> You're a fool. Shut up. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, anyway... Crossover between Furuba fans and, and Furuba fans? fans. <laughs> I bet there's a good amount. That seems like a... It's a, like, romance comedy. Just like Fruit yeah. Basket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> anyway, yes, the sandcastle washes the sand. Yeah. The, the ocean washes the sandcastle away. <laughs> yes, it causes a lot symbolic. of symbolic, a lot of symbolic, massive change, which I feel like is happening. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really happen at a moment in time that's like critical. I guess there's also there was like a big full moon in the scene where Yuki kisses Toru too. That's like in the memory that she has this time. Yeah. I'm always talking about the moon. That's why the tide's so high. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why that rogue wave comes out of nowhere. (laughs) It's a half moon, not a full moon. (laughs) Is it waxing or waning? Well, we'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) But either way, it's changing. It's definitely in the process of changing. There's also, like, um... There's a scene at dusk, too. The one where they they all come back and Yuki threatens Kyo. Yeah. Or whatever. I really like that panel with the, the just like silent silhouette panel. It's like it's not silent though. There's like the sound of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, it's implied that it's just like the sound of the waves. There's all these random little sound effects in here that are like sha, like in the background or like. I think the scene where um, before the before the wave, of course, I think she does see that it's painful for Kyo, even though he talks about this so nonchalantly, and he notices mm. that she notices that, and that's why they have that reaction to each yeah. other yeah it's a sweet scene it's adorable and then he grabs her face and it's like stop laughing which is also adorable yeah. there's a lot of face touching in these chapters between yuki and kyo and toru mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's like this is this as close as they can get without hugging i guess mm-hmm. but it's nice how intimate they're like they're they all seem to be getting more and more comfortable with each other including yuki which is yeah. nice because he wasn't like that before as much mm-hmm. yeah they've definitely come more able to show affection yeah, physical physically and even like uh like we were talking about the scene with uh yuki and haru like he like puts his hand on haru's shoulder mm-hmm. and everything too so mm-hmm. yeah it's nice yep hitori pats toru's head that was nice yeah that's cute too but it was just very cute it's very sweet the way he's like i couldn't say hi and i just wanted to apologize to you okay i have to leave now and she's like i'm yeah, fine it's cute <laughs> yeah it's adorable and then there's momiji just hugging yeah <laughs> <laughs> Just hugging. No qualms. No, he doesn't give a shit about what other people think. Um, it's also nice, a couple of times before this, Atori also mentioned that he's worried about, he's like, can you not do this so that you, why yeah. are you putting Toru in danger or whatever, like he says to Shigure. Yeah. I can't remember exactly how he says it, but he's like, could you not meddle in things? Yeah. And he specifically says, like, could you think a little bit about Kyo and Yuki and, and he's Toru? He's like, well, someone think of the children. That's what he's like. Yeah. And Shigure's like, I am a child, so... Yes. <laughs> I think those are all the spoilers that I had. Yeah, that's all I had. Yeah. We're going to talk about Kyo a lot next time. I'm excited. It's a lot. I actually just glanced at my notes for next chapter, and almost every single one starts with the word Kyo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on the nose. I didn't notice that as I was writing it, but... <laughs> well, I like read through the first one, like the first... I read through it, and then I started writing notes, and I was like, this whole thing is like just about kyo which is great i mean it's good yeah it's his time to shine yeah like as a preview yeah as a preview my first three notes are kyo being quote-unquote invited kyo and yuki kyo and akito (laughs) (laughs) 
I think what are my first part of that we got Kyo's mother, Kyo and Toru. (laughs) (laughs) My notes, my first notes are Toru's excitement about Kyo being called, Kyo and Yuki's fight. Mm -hmm. Akito's treatment of Kyo is ironically the same as everyone else's. And then there's a note that just says, love, good times. Really bringing the content today on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's probably enough for now. (laughs) If they've suffered through listening to us for this long. Yes, <laughs> and listen to us singing. We appreciate your tolerance. Yeah, listen to us singing "Sandcastles in the Sand." <laughs> okay, all right, that's enough spoilers for now. Next time we're going to talk about more beach time with Kyo, and we will see you then. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> Don't do drugs and stay in school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're possessed by a vengeful spirit. <laughs> well, nobody can tell you what to do if you're possessed by a vengeful yeah. spirit. Except then, for the god of your vengeful spirit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oops. If you're possessed by a vengeful spirit and physically and emotionally abused by your god, I think <laughs> you can probably start smoking. That's probably okay. <laughs> uh, good times. <laughs> we made something sad into something funny. What <laughs> <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah. We have to try. Somebody has to. Sandcastles wash away. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're a fool. Shut up. So, <laughs> so anyway, crossover between Furuba fans and, and Havertz fans. fans. <laughs> I bet there's a good amount. It seems like a it's a like romance comedy, just like Fruit yeah. Basket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, so basically the same series. So, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, where's the cockamouse? These are the questions. <laughs> the cockamouse of the zodiac. <laughs> and then the cockamouse rode on the back of the ox and at the last second flew off and landed in front of everyone else. <laughs> they like, hug that person and they transform and they're like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? <laughs> like this is this is the rat's true form. <laughs> You're like, please put the beast back on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry for anything that we said in the last like two minutes. <laughs> um. Oh. <laughs> treatment of Kyo is ironically the same as everyone else's. And then there's a note that just says, love. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> But he's excited about love. Yeah, he's excited about Kyo and Toru. I, I know he's a shipper. He gets on he gets on my laptop when I go to bed and starts getting in arguments on internet forums. <laughs> Pecking very loudly. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, who left this beautiful Kyo fan art on my desk? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he like le- he leaves flames on like Yuki Toru fan fanfic. She's <laughs> like, you suck. <laughs> you can hear him tapping on the U. Key, yeah. like, like, you suck. I'm a bird. <laughs> Head stuck in bagel. <laughs> he leaves comments and forums, and it's like, why not Kyo Toru? <laughs> yeah. Species. Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what do the crossover is of like bird? <laughs> what is there a name for that meme? I don't even know. A <laughs> uh, bird's right, bird right activist. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what's the crossover? I hope the crossover is everyone yeah. because everyone should should enjoy that Twitter. Birds right activist. It's good times. Really bringing the content today on this podcast. Yes.